Welcome back to middle school It's a zoo out there So just be cool Don't speak too loud Try to fit in But if you don't Then you can be in outfit everyone and welcome to the Alpha Repeaters. I'm your host Marissa Cantor and with me as always is Sam Chung. Hello Marissa, it is great to be back and I think we have no time to waste because we have two episodes to talk about today and they are the final two episodes of the season and you know I like to Ray Charles mess around uh, with the best of them but today I want to Bachman Turner Overdrive take care of business so you know if you don't want to hear any spoilers, this is your five-second-ish warning uh, time, 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 time. Okay, so <laughs> here we are at the final two episodes of How I Met Your Father, and I'm not totally surprised that we still don't know who the father is, but it is a precarious position when the show has not been renewed. <laughs> and we are in the middle of a writer's strike. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this, and I honestly don't know, <laughs> like, I get that we just watched a full season of a show, and I, I don't, there's nothing in me that says, like, this has to get renewed, you know? It was fun, I guess. Yeah, sure, it could maybe get renewed, but it wasn't, like, a definitive, like, I, I don't know, There, I don't know what the hook is, like, it's not, it's not an award winner, like, I don't know, it, it, like, there's nothing that makes me, like, super confident about a renewal and so i'm left in the balance of like what <laughs> and the information that we did get was just like so out of left field yeah and i i agree and i i mean i guess we can spoil it so yeah we learn we don't learn who the father is but we learn that val and charlie end up actually having a kid so i guess the implication is that charlie actually didn't know what he wanted he was just insecure which, like, I don't know what message that's sending. Yeah. Because, like, being child-free by choice is a very, you know, valid stance. Yeah, and now he just has to have this kid. Yeah. What? So if you, if you, you can wear someone down for long enough. That's the message, clearly. Yeah. They will have a child with you. Exa yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good work, Drew. <laughs> freaking Drew. Yeah, freaking Drew. <laughs> But yeah, we essentially got like a two-part finale episode here. Um, even though they were titled two different things, the end of, you know, this first part, the penultimate episode. Okay, had I disagree. <laughs> I'm going to come in hot and say that I'm doubling down that last week was the penultimate episode. If this was on a network, if this was on CBS, it would have had an hour block and it would have been the finale. It could have had an hour, but it could have been still two half hours back to back. But they are so clearly meant to be seen as one viewing experience. Okay, but they still divided them into two episodes. Like, there's literally no reason for them to do that <laughs> if they wanted to just make them one episode, but they did. 
they chose to do two distinct different episodes, which makes this one because that we're about they to had talk about. twenty episodes, and they were like, "We can't if we make this one long episode." Oh no, that's only nineteen. Or oh no, we have to find something else to do. Yeah, but they could have done that. Have you seen the way like the budget has clearly been dictating the decisions they've been making over the last like four or five episodes? I mean, yeah, it did feel like they ran out of some budget a little bit because <laughs> the last two episodes, like each of these episodes took place pretty much in just one location. Yes. They used all their budget in the finale, I guess, for a rain kiss, which actually pretty expensive, <laughs> but very important, apparently. Also, they choke, which, you know, Toby Maguire will have some words for you. But <laughs> I do think... And he was upside down. Yeah, he was upside down. He actually choked. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I no, but I do think this is the penultimate episode. Even though it is kind of like basically the same episode, it does get a to-be-continued. But, I mean, my main takeaway, I think, from the first episode, which is called Shady Parker, is they... They just do all of Jesse's girlfriends so dirty. Like at the end, like I, I liked Parker, but <laughs> Parker was not shady. Parker wasn't shady. It was like a repeat of what they did with uh, Dana, the girlfriend that everybody liked. And they, yeah, they just do all these other people in the show who are, I don't know, I guess just transitory, just like, <laughs> just so dirty. I didn't think that there was enough buildup to this Sophie Jesse moment throughout the season to you didn't like, buy the driving lesson moment or the <laughs> all the other moments that they referenced in the in their argument I don't know I just think with a 20 episode season we could have given it a bit more of a slow burn effect instead they were a sideburn <laughs> well just like looking back on the first half of the season and remembering the ways in which they interacted with each other. Overall, I remember feeling like they seemed too unbothered. Um, and it felt like weird to me that there wasn't more awkwardness in the aftermath. I actually wasn't bothered by that because in the timeline of like what actually happened, it was basically a one night stand. True. I don't know. It was like made up narratively to be a bigger thing than... I think like if you're just looking at the show as like a, a third party objective person, um, it was because she was with Drew for like weeks yeah, <laughs> and weeks and weeks. And then she has like a one night thing with Jesse. He's like, I love you. And she's like, that's weird. <laughs> it was. And then they break up and he gets back with his ex. So like. <laughs> also the way that they tried to bring that back around, like I told you I loved you and you ran <laughs> like it wasn't. Like she was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, there's some revisionist history going on there a little bit here. Really is. But yeah. I don't know. I didn't see enough of that sort of like missed opportunity, like second chance romance building arc this season to sort of justify such a romantic conclusion. Mm -hmm. In my opinion. I agree. As someone who writes romance. Yeah, I mean, and at least not to the at least not to the degree that I'm confident if the show was to end right now that I'm like, yeah, it was Jesse the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Jesse definitely still seems like a fleeting. Like, yeah, based on the last time they got together, I have no confidence that this will last more than, you know, a couple episodes into a season 3, if anything. Yeah, and like think about how that versus on the flip side 
bringing it back to like the father tracker of it all. I still think that Sid is the front runner in my brain. (laughs) Everything is just confirmation bias now. It is. I mean, I think we saw what's going on with Sid coming, right? Like we were like, this marriage is not lasting. Yeah. That Um, Eli guy was suspicious. I said that. (laughs) I I clocked that. Turns out he was indeed a suspicious character. Yeah, you were like, no, I didn't get that vibe. And I was like, bro, I got that (laughs) vibe. Um, But I don't know. I feel like the moments that Sid and Sophie had in season two, they obviously weren't, there was nothing romantic about them, but I really felt like I saw them kind of growing in their friendship and like building like a really like strong basis. And then just having this like Shady Parker episode where it's the two of them working Mm -hmm. together just like their chemistry is so good on like a friendship level and I do see it going somewhere and I definitely think for the drama the show will push it in that direction if it were to go on because that is messy well yeah and it's also like the pilot of the show set up four options no five options right it's it was Jesse Sid Charlie Ian Drew well Drew wasn't an option in the pilot. It was like a reminder once we met Drew that he was at the party. Okay, but, but he was still an option. He's, he's still, still an option. Technically an option. That but would be such a wild <laughs> like, conclusion if it was Josh Peck the whole time. It feels weird. It would feel weird for Drew in hindsight to actually be the father given how they contextualized the situation that happened between him, Val, and Charlie. Because otherwise they would have just said, your dad. <laughs> I don't know. It's just yes. weird. It's weird for that to be a part of the story and for the kid to like react the way that he reacted if that's actually his father. So we can <laughs> so pretty I feel confidently like, eliminate Drew. So I feel like, yeah, it, by the end of season two, we can eliminate both Drew and Charlie. Apparently. Well, actually, I mean, unless you think something <laughs> weird has now happened and Charlie has two children. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's fairly safe to eliminate Charlie as well. That would be messy. That would be very messy. <laughs> yeah. And after if Charlie if Charlie like abandoned his first kid to have another kid with Val, I don't know that I, I don't know that, don't that think fits that, the narrative. And I don't think that Kim Cattrall would be talking about them in such loving terms. <laughs> yeah. So we're really now down to just three. So I guess in that way, like the season two finale did get us a little bit closer. Um, is this how How I Met Your Mother worked too? Like throughout the course of the series, like no. choices were eliminated? No, because there were never anybody like there was never like choices presented to us mm. at, in the beginning. I see. Kristen Milioti doesn't show up until like the final season and she was never like a recurring character in the show. Mm-hmm. How I Met Your Mother is very much like him telling the story of years worth of like preceding events that like leads up to meeting their mother. Uh-huh. It's never like she was like a part of the group and like in the picture the whole time. I see. Yeah. Which is probably honestly a better way to do this. <laughs> <laughs> like this show has really kind of painted itself into a corner from the very beginning. Well, in the end, so did How I Met Your Mother because they were very committed to the ending that they came up with in season one when they had, because they had the children. They were actually children. It was like David Henry 
from Wizards of Waverly Place. And um, I forget who the actress was who played his daughter. They are there. They are like a constant presence. Instead of seeing Kim Cattrall, in those flat in those moments, you see the kids and you just hear Bob Saget's voice. Mm-hmm. So they had like the kids do all of the plot beats that they needed to do in season one while they were the same age and then didn't anticipate the show going on for like 10 seasons mm. and then just stuck to the original ending, even though it was horrible. <laughs> you know the ending, right? Ish. Um, basically the ending, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen How I Met Your Mother and doesn't know how it ends. I'm going to talk about how it ends. It ended a long time ago. <laughs> Don't come for me. <laughs> mother is dead. Uh-huh. That is basically how it ends. Like, she's been dead the whole time. Yeah. It's like, we finally meet her. They fall in love. They have this, like, very brief sort of in the context of, like, a 10-year, you know, show see a little, very little bit of their love story very like sped up and she gets cancer and dies and that is how how i met your mother ended there would have been something kind of amusing about you know the kids having aged along with the show that would make it seem like the story has been actually going on for like 10 years <laughs> <laughs> like in hindsight i feel like they missed could opportunity have, there would have been some comedy in that yeah it's like dad get to the point jeez seriously <laughs> But I think it was a smart decision, at least to flip that. Yeah, they're not kind of putting themselves in a corner in a similar way. Yeah, they were just like, let's do a different corner. It was on this night specifically. <laughs> in 2022. Yeah, at a bar. I, I'm I'm still, until proven otherwise, said Soph endgame for me. Yeah. Okay, shall we get into the play-by-play? I feel sure. like we did our father moment okay so starting off with the eh, debatably penultimate episode of it's not debatable it's, it's a two. fact <laughs> uh episode 19 shady parker in this episode jesse tricks the gang into helping him pack his stuff in the apartment because he is moving in with parker after what a week yeah not for i mean that just makes this whole thing even more I would argue this is shady Jesse. It is. <laughs> it's very shady Jesse. We already know Jesse only pays what, like seven or twenty five percent of the rent. What did he say? I don't even remember. No, oh, like an eighth of the rent. Eight, oh, sorry, half of twenty five percent of the rent. <laughs> I mean, I guess in fairness, right? If we think that Sid and Hannah are breaking up, Jesse isn't in as bad of a position as we thought he would have been. But there's no way for him to know when he breaks up with Parker that Sid and Hannah are also likely breaking up. Like, where does he think he's going to live? I don't know. He's going to live with Sophie and Val? He didn't think it through. No, he definitely did not. Because the whole thing is, I need to move so I can have a new place to live. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't think anything through. No. Justice for Parker. Parker didn't deserve this. Yeah, Parker, it turns out, was just kind of quirky, but not a bad person. Shocking. She really just wanted people to like her, and then in the end, nobody did. (laughs) Seriously. Okay, we got to talk about the start of this episode, um, kicking us off with a previously on. Yeah, like we wouldn't remember. Like, it's been so long ago. It brings us back to the lost and found day and reminds us that Jesse wrote a love song about Sophie 
And it was in a book that was in the lost and found bin that Val found and then um, left it there. Yeah, I found this to be a little bit of overkill, especially because in the episode we got flashbacks again (laughs) to that night from Ellen's POV. It was just like, okay, we get it. Like there was a lost and found event that night. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't need both. Yeah. Uh, Justice for Ellen's hair. That did not need to happen, honestly. (laughs) Are you upset that we never got the lyrics to the song? You know, I was just thinking about that, but I would say based on what we've heard from Jesse, it was probably for the best. Oh, no, but Drew said it was quite good. So Drew is saying it's quite good from his subordinate. (laughs) I'm curious. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that we don't know what the song said. I just don't think the writers had it in them. And I respect that because as someone who, again, is a writer and... I think it's really hard to pull off like inserting like song lyrics into a narrative if you're not a songwriter. It's just a different skill set. But I'm like, but all the songs have been, they had no problem with Flubber the musical. They have no problem with J Street. Those are clearly meant for a laugh. Those are clearly meant to be jokes and like this isn't meant to be a joke. So I think that like, it doesn't matter. Like they clearly don't, they didn't mind going, you know, a little bit heavier throughout this finale because literally everybody is getting into a fight uh, and, you know, giving tough instead of fluff. So for them to just like renege on this like teaser that they like, that they even went so far as to give like a previously on to remind you that there is a song. And then for Drew to say that, oh, it's actually like very good. When we have no indication that Jesse is actually a good songwriter, I, I'm just like, is it good? I know. I'll be if, the judge of that. And if it was like <laughs> powerful enough to result in a rain kiss, prove it. Yeah. It was a huge f-ing problem, okay? <laughs> a hurricane is coming, according to Sandy Rivers. Why is Sandy Rivers still here? Why is this a recurring joke? Why uh, are sexual harassment a recurring joke on the show i don't know but uh we got a ronan farrow shout out because of it so you know that's something that happened on the plus side i got to see woody harrelson's penis from the inside hated that um hannah is on her way she is she is leaving la she is coming back to new york i don't like that yeah, you've, you've expressed that before. I know. I'm just reiterating okay. that okay. I don't like that. And I'm allowed to do that. This is my podcast. Okay, fine. Ellen is all suspicious about this upcoming hurricane. She's like, nah, you know what happens. They always say there's going to be a hurricane. It's a conspiracy theory. Everything. Ellen's character to me is like the most inconsistent character to this day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> what are you about? What are you about? <laughs> Shady Ellen, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jesse comes in to Pemberton and is like, yo, guess what? I'm moving in with Parker. Good for him, I guess. He's like, I need a place to live. I've been seeing someone for a week. Feels like the move. <laughs> I've been seeing someone for a week. I'm getting kicked out of my apartment. This is the move. <laughs> what am I to do? <laughs> and Parker acknowledges that this is a little fast, but she rented a place that was too expensive for her. I'm still a little bit confused about the situation overall. I don't know if we want to skip to, you know, Parker's situation now. This is just now that we're kind of on the topic of of 
you know, Parker being here and not being able to truly afford the place that she has chosen. She's here because her mom, who lives in New York City, had a rock climbing accident. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. I mean, I guess you can explain it away if you just let your imagination run wild. Like, oh, yeah, she lives in New York, but she was on vacation in the Swiss Alps. And then... <laughs> And then she tragically fell. And this older woman who had a rock climbing accident <laughs> now needs her daughter who lived in Reno to come take care of her. Also, if she's here to come take care of her, why isn't she just like living with her mother? <laughs> yeah, these are all great questions. So much to unpack. They really do try to just like explain things away on this show. Sophie is very clearly not happy she is speaking in hallmark card sid is not happy either he breaks a beer bottle with his bare hands Mm -hmm. that was wild yeah that was great an incredible feat of strength honestly and this is kind of where it comes out that sophie still has feelings for jesse which i do feel like they have been trying to tease in fairness for some time just through like pining looks I don't know. I think for as heavy-handed as this show can get, I just don't think there was enough buildup to this revelation. You weren't. You didn't buy her deciding to have tiramisu instead of going to game night. No, but that was like the first time that happened, and that was last week. That was last week. That was last. That was one episode ago. In the not penultimate episode. No, but there was the moment before that when she saw Jesse and Parker actually getting together and was like, "Oh no." <laughs> But that's the thing. It's like this very um, typical kind of tropey thing where it takes the entrance of someone else where you're like using another character for like Parker's a plot device at the end of the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that never sits right as me. And it feels like the, you know, the easy way out in terms of like Parker only exists in this show to bring Sophie and Jesse back together. Yeah. And we should have gotten more. Of Sophie and Jesse's dynamic and the slow burn from them, I think, before Parker showed up and really, you know, escalated that. Well, yeah, it's just messy, like, in the context. And I, I'm probably misremembering a little bit because it was, like, in the first half of the season. But going back to Jesse's previous girlfriend, who, again, they had a whole operation so she could meet everybody. Like, Sophie didn't have this reaction then. Because I believe at the time she was still still dating John Corbett. It takes her being alone and lonely for her then to be like, you know what? I'm going to get my drink back. I'm going to sabotage this relationship because that's how strongly I feel. Like, where was this before? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If you actually felt this way and seeing Jesse with somebody else is going to elicit this response, it's literally only because you are alone that you're having this response, which is what makes me feel like... I don't really feel confident about what this is. Totally. It's just, it's still Sophie just being afraid of, you know. Being alone. Being alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, she was great with Rob. Things were going great with Robert until she learned that he hooked up with her mom. Like, <laughs> never during that was there any sort of, like, this isn't my person. Oh, I miss. Like, there's there was never any. There was no tension. Oh, I'm getting upset. Move us along, Sam. Like you said, Sophie speaks in Hallmark cards when she's emotionally devastated. Um, They flash back to her doing the same thing when they told her that they were out of Shamrock Shakes at an unnamed 
fast food restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sophia's like, you know what? I'm just going to be as supportive as I can. I'm going to be Jesse's human jockstrap. Just all support. That is a choice of words that were used. (laughs) It's a metaphor. Um, And then we get the voiceover from Kim Cattrall that uh, (laughs) Val believed that (laughs) it's weird. (laughs) In In the context of like, we are actually seeing Kim seeing Kim Cattrall periodically as the narrator. For her to voice over like things that are happening in the show felt a little bit out of place to me. But yeah, voiceover of Val Especially looking for the lyrics. Especially from someone else's point of view. <laughs> yeah. But then Val looked for the lyrics. Like if that's the case, why aren't we getting voiceover for the whole thing? Why aren't we getting like an Arrested Development, like Ron Howard style voiceover? You're so right. It was it was odd. But the lyrics are gone. Yeah, no lyrics. So Jesse's moving in with Parker. Jesse invites everyone over to his place for a moving out party. But guess what? It's not a moving out party. It's a help Jesse pack party. It's a pack trap. <laughs> I've never heard of this before. <laughs> they really tried to make it seem like a thing. I, I've never heard of this. But I mean, if you can trick your friends, I guess good on you, you shady Jesse. <laughs> yes. But Parker brought beer and pizza because she just wants to be liked so badly. You know what? That feels worth it to me. I would go to help somebody move for beer and pizza. Yeah. Sophie's going in. Human jockstrap activated. She converses with Parker and this is where Shady Parker comes out, according to Sophie, right? Because they're talking. Parker's like, yeah, all my people are back in Nevada, but she needed to get out of there quickly. And Sophie's like, oh, why? And Parker's just like, I don't want to talk about it. I will say, I mean, I guess Parker is um, a little shy, but like, if you really want everybody to like you, just tell them your sob story. <laughs> no one's going to be mad at you for telling them your sob story. No. Especially like, you're literally there to help Jesse pack all of his belongings. Like, you have time to tell a long story. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Val pulls Charlie and Ellen and are like, remember the Lost and Found party? Remember this book? Where is it? Well, no, she doesn't know that it's the book yet. She thinks that they just took the lyrics because Val had put the lyrics back in the box on their own, independent of the haircut book. Oh, you're right. It's not in the book anymore. I was holding on to the past. Maybe that's (laughs) why we needed the previously on that I still did not get anything out of. No, the book, uh, it turns out, had been previously removed from the box (laughs) by Ellen, (laughs) who had always wanted to give herself uh her own haircut but that comes up later in the meantime yeah parker pizza arrives and parker takes her uh or i guess takes some money or whatever out of her wallet to go downstairs and give a tip and she leaves the rest of her purse or i guess her purse not the rest of just the purse <laughs> in, <laughs> in the apartment perfect opportunity for some sleuthing on behalf of sophie and sid yeah so they pull her wallet and in it is a credit card and the name on that credit card is Timothy Mansfield. Mm. Lady Parker just became Shady Parker. Citizen. <laughs> Citizen. This is where this is where Sophie kind of ropes it in. Mm-hmm. They so they start unpacking what's going on here. Sophie is going full like true crime con artist. Um, Parker's here to swindle Jesse, which like Jesse has nothing. So that would be a really bad con on Parker's behalf. It would, yeah. <laughs> 
he, uh, no, she wouldn't really get anything out of him. I'm honestly shocked that she expects anything, like any sort of financial contribution. From him at all. (laughs) Yeah, she clearly did not interview his previous roommates. But they won't go to Jesse until they have some hard evidence. Mm -hmm. So they need to keep going through the purse. And back with Val. So there's kind of like two sleuthing situations going on, right? There's like the Sophie Sid with Parker and then Val's just kind of creeping around in the background trying to find the song. So Ellen admits she took the haircutting book. She had always wanted to. She actually thought it was pretty cool and <laughs> until everybody else started making fun of it, at which point she then also made a classic, you know, Ellen Byrne, but then ended up taking it when no one was looking. And this was the moment where we got this in flashback to Lost and Found Night, correct? Mm-hmm. Which, like you said, sort of like negates a reason for the previously on. What would you have preferred? Just this or just the previously on? Just this. Just this. This is new information. This is new information. So the distraction, they're going to distract and extract information, Sophie and Sid. Um, Arm wrestling. Distraction. Parker is very strong. She is a gym teacher. She is a gym teacher. I don't know why this this was the go-to move. This is not shocking. Um, so Sophie and Parker arm wrestle while Sid snags the purse. In the purse, they find bottles of painkillers with another name. Yeah, indeed. Very sus. Yes. Rachel Widmore. Rachel Widmore. <laughs> I don't know why in like every situation, like Sophie is very bi-coded in my opinion, um, which is something that we haven't really talked about on the show. But I just feel like she, it's giving like Eleanor on the good place. Like there are these like little moments where I'm like, she bi. Wait, what are you talking about right now? Like her first thought being like, she seduces women too. (laughs) Like, why is that your first thought? And then like going back to just her just being so like blatantly attracted to both of Val's parents. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think it comes out in little sprinkles of moments. Um. Now they go to drug dealer. So they go from con artist to drug dealer or drug lord. Yeah. Because that's more dramatic. Yeah. Well, a a drug lord is like a a drug dealer who's been promoted. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah. They need more information. So the next step is to call up a former employer and do a background check. Sid has experience with background checks because he auditioned for Naked and Afraid. Yeah, that was not something that I needed. That was not something that we needed. <laughs> no, it did not need that. Um, we got some like full frontal and Jesse walking in on it. And to me, that should have been the trauma <laughs> that prompted the like New York sightseeing situation. I mean, it could have just been another one. It could have been trauma yeah. on trauma. Yeah. So to continue to gather more information... Who do we who do we call? Ghostbusters. Drew. <laughs> Drew misreads this because Drew is still into Sophie. Indeed. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, she did kind of break up with him in his most vulnerable moment. His <laughs> father went to prison. Nonetheless, we forget. <laughs> I did not forget because it sounds like um from the information we got in this episode, mother left father in prison. And now has a new boy toy. Well, yeah, if the father, the father was in prison, what, for like crazy embezzlement or something like he's there for the rest of his life. I mean, um, Lucille Bluth stuck by her, man. No, she did not. You, you haven't watched enough. (laughs) (laughs) I am still on season one. Yeah, no, you cannot make that claim right now. (laughs) Okay. 
definitely not the best. I mean, I don't know. I'm not necessarily surprised that Drew feels this way, though, because, like, yeah, your ex calls you up, and, yeah, what are you supposed to like oh it's just to hang out it's just it's a weird it's so this is on sophie honestly <laughs> like just cut the cord but um he gets cornered pretty much immediately by sid and sophie For, about parker yeah to gather information uh, who he calls p kitty which i don't love i hated that <laughs> and uh it's because one time she fell asleep in a sunbeam cats do love a sunbeam all but like all animals love a sunbeam like, she could have just as easily been pee puppy. That sounds even worse somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we learned from Drew that he got a review from Parker's last employer at a school in Reno. Yeah. Um, he Also, in his interview with Parker, he told her to describe herself in three words, and she said really bad at counting. And Drew really appreciated that pun. Wow. <laughs> and that you're hired you're hired <laughs> yeah and then we learn that ellen has been wearing a wig this whole season <laughs> there's no way that i don't know i they can't have followed any of the directions in the haircut book like okay i we've been through it again i don't know about in terms of like the timeline of the show did the pandemic exist and I then they just pretended so. it's over in 2022 or does it not exist at all? Because we were all cutting our own hair for a period of time. <laughs> I mean, oh, so you think that there's a validity into this book existing? I do. Um, but my point is that most people in the span of from, you know, 2020 to 2022 had to, you know, figure it out. Mm -hmm. And we did. <laughs> yeah, um, very true. I did. I learned that I have a secret skill that is... The ability I've been cutting your hair ever since. Indeed, <laughs> yeah, good stuff. But for Ellen to start on the top and just like pull from the top layer of hair, the first rule of hair cutting is you go, you start small, you do a little bit at a time because you can always take more off and you can't put more back on. And so for that to be her first move was just so preposterous. <laughs> like honestly, like she deserves it. Wow. She deserves Way to victim blame. <laughs> no, like, come on. There are, there are, and even if there wasn't the book, there is this thing called YouTube in the year 2022. This, this didn't have to pan out like this, Ellen. It really didn't. Mm. It really did not. Yeah. Sophie and Sid call Parker's print, former principal. And they try to continue to information gather, get that hard evidence. They're also sort of like in their brains acting like this is going to be like a sort of like Netflix worthy true crime situation. They're already putting together the pitch. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, Hulu let them do that. Well, they kind of dragged Netflix. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Are, so are you are we surprised? I don't know. Sophie says, do you think Sarah Paulson would play me? She really thinks that she'd nail her layered innocence. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. I wonder what I wonder which Sarah Paulson performance made Sophie believe that. It was probably when she played conjoined twins in American Horror Story. <laughs> <laughs> layered innocence. <laughs> so Reno principal picks up the phone and doesn't immediately recognize the name Parker James. That is the conclusive proof. 
They hang up. That is it. That is all they need to know. Parker is not who she says she is. She's a con artist. They just start spiraling out from there pretty much. To which Parker's like, whoa, no. Well, Jesse's also like, whoa. And like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was such a shitty situation for Parker because Parker definitely, I don't know, you were like, just tell your sob story. But also like she doesn't really owe anybody this information. It's pretty personal. True. So yeah, the fact that she kind of gets like accused of being a drug lord and a con artist when that could not be further for the tr- further from the truth. I know we thought Parker was crazy. And then how is Sophie the one who <laughs> gets chosen? How is this a, in any way, shape or form attractive? Yeah. When you look <laughs> at it back to back like that, you're like, literally, you see what Sophie literally just did, like breaking into your girlfriend's purse. <laughs> Calling her former employer and then mistakenly hanging up on the former employer before getting all the information, calling her ex over to your house and then bringing him to the bar. It, it Like, I none of this screams like, yeah, we should get back together. No, no, it doesn't. And we kind of already discussed this, but we learned from Parker that the pills are her mom's. The credit card is her brother's. Her mom is recovering from a rock climbing accident. Um, Her brother is helping to pay for the medical bills. They all have different last names because feminism. The future is female. And there's going to be a Netflix show about this incident. And her mom is going to be played by Sarah Paulson. (laughs) (laughs) The last part was a good touch. Yeah. Yeah. Sid is shook. And like that's all he needs to kind of like step out of the sort of Sophie spiral that he was in and just like immediately apologize. He's just sad that Jesse's leaving, even though he told Jesse to get the fuck out. Like (laughs) (laughs) true. He starts crying and then Jesse's crying because Sid is crying and there's a group hug, but Sophie's not invited into the group hug. Nor should she be. Nor should she be. (laughs) She apologizes and admits that she was crazy tonight because she wants what's best for Jesse. There was a lot of sort of like lovelorn looks and wistful glances eye contact in this moment and these are the looks that we should have been given all season they were too busy with robert and with oscar his name was oscar oscar the guy whose mom was a diamond that was season one. Oh, that was a long time ago <laughs> it starts to rain the storm begins parker is going to dip out because she is uncomfortable now, and rightfully so. Mm, yeah. And doesn't want to get stuck here with them. Also yeah. rightfully so. <laughs> Marissa, is this your favorite line of like both the entire two-part finale? Yes, I'm so happy that you knew me well enough to pull the clip. This is by far one of the weirdest parties I've ever been to. And I've been to an adult man's bris. It was mine. <laughs> That, that that elicited a hearty chuckle. I was already laughing by the time he said, and I've been to a grown man's bris. And then the <laughs> twist that it was his just sent me. I was unwell. I wonder how many people watching did not get that joke. Why would that happen to somebody as an adult <laughs> and not as a child? I don't know. Like Something, a practicing Jewish a person. A practicing Jewish person. Why would they wait until adulthood? I can't explain that, but it was really funny. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still in the bris. Um, <laughs> Val in the has not found the song. She did not mission not achieved mission not accomplished rather. Um, Jesse and Sophie are kind of going at it now, and then the power blows. Mm. Okay, it's a hurricane, which leads us right into the finale finale, season two, episode 20. Okay, fine, it's a hurricane. In this episode, everyone heads to Pemberton's to weather out the storm. Because So they all head to Pemberton's immediately because there is a generator. Maybe it will work. Maybe we can have power. And you know what? What else is there to do but drink during a hurricane? And drink they do. If there was actually a hurricane... I would probably stay in the apartment. I feel like the apartment has, uh, it's a little bit higher up than Pemberton's, which I think is on street level. Yeah. (laughs) And initially the generator works, but only for a moment. What can you expect out of a Facebook marketplace purchase? So Sid goes to get candles. Jessie is checking in with Parker, who has no food, but has her cat. Don't know what that means for the cat. (laughs) I think Sophie is like, good, she can eat her cat. (laughs) (laughs) and sophie sophie she says to val that she doesn't understand why jesse is so upset she doesn't understand why jesse's upset that she just called his girlfriend a drug lord and called her employer (laughs) and invited over drew his boss who he hates now sophie what Val says tougher fluff, which is something that they do. Since when? (laughs) Since when? (laughs) Sophie always picks fluff. She cannot handle the tough. So then we cut to a flashback of Hillary Duff rapping for no reason whatsoever, except to give us some context to tougher fluff, where Val assures her that she could totally be a platinum selling rapper. Mm -mm, No. No. Um, then back in the present, Sophie, as always, says fluff. And so Val is the supportive friend in this moment. Drew, who is still very much into Sophie, um, brings her a signature margarita. The drinking has begun. She wants another. And just like adding booze to the situation is like bound to end well for all involved. How does this bar make money? I mean, I know we know that away. it doesn't, but, <laughs> <laughs> but just how? Yes. We get more Charlie trauma. In this this episode, he is afraid of storms. When he was a child, during storms, his mom would leave him with the corgis while she got drunk with the Denches or the Mirrens. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. To the entire family of Judy Dench and Helen Mirren. Yeah. And Val's like, that is some trauma. And you know what? I did think that, you know, the moments between Charlie and Val in this episode were sweet. Mm -hmm. I would say that at this point, if I were to be rooting for anybody in this series, it would be them. And I, I was expressing that during the episode before we got the twist ending of like, oh, it just sucks that they want like fundamentally different things because they are really sweet together Mm -hmm. and they do have good chemistry and like, I thought it was really meaningful how like Val, you know, saw that fear and like didn't make him feel bad about it, but could just like show up for him in that moment and help mm-hmm. like distract him from it. I was like, that's love. And I love love. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> then Hannah shows up. She made it in a hurricane. 
good work to her, honestly. <laughs> like, props to that dedication. Yeah, she got out on the last flight. Apparently, the f- um, the ticketing, the lady who scanned her ticket looked at her, made eye contact, and, and said, I wouldn't. But she did. And now she's here. Sus? Not yet. Not yet. It was already announced that Hannah would be arriving. Correct. But the fact that she made it, pretty impressive. Jesse regrets staying with the friend group and not leaving with Parker. He should be with her right now. Probably. (laughs) At your house (laughs) that you will be moving to. He goes to leave, but it's a mess out there. It is. It's it's rough. It's rough. Already. It went from zero to 100 real fast. Real fast. So he's not going anywhere. But I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah pulls a classic boomer on their phone move. Yeah, I don't understand how this is possible. I don't understand really. how this happened. She sends Ellen a text that is meant for Eli. Hot Doc Eli, yeah, who we met when Sid goes to L.A. And I said, this guy is sus. Do we think Hannah is just randomly texting Ellen? No. How did this happen? So, yeah, she would have needed to start a completely new message to Ellen yes. <laughs> instead of just replying to the one that Eli had clearly just sent to her. And it is a very incriminating message. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's nowhere to hide here. <laughs> yeah, it was a one time thing. She's a fraud. She's still toxic. (laughs) But like, that's not what I had gotten from Hannah. There is like a sadness in that for me where it's like, I think that Sid and Hannah do work. It's just like the circumstances that have pulled them apart. You do get to this point where it's like, if you do want fundamentally different things. I love you, Sam, but like, I don't think I would agree to a long distance marriage. Yeah. That is fair. It's, that's just, it just seems like a recipe for the situation. Well, again, they didn't really have to rush getting married. They made that, I feel like they made that choice. Like there was a point in time where they were going to have like multiple weddings and then they were just like, eh, nope. Do you think that, that in retrospect was like the ship was already sinking and this was sort of like a, like getting married so quickly was just like getting onto the lifeboat? I mean, I feel like. That's not even a retrospect thing. I feel like we kind of thought that at the time. We did think that at the time. I think that everything that is unfolding now is just clarifying Yeah. that. As Ellen is processing this text that she's received, Drew is trying to suss out if Sophie is still into him via Ellen, who is too distracted and just says, go for it, but doesn't know what she's saying. Yeah. Um, Because she needs to go and confront Hannah about it, who at first tries to lie her way out of it. But like we said, there's no, there's no No. way. We learned that last night. Literally last night. Literally last night. (laughs) They went out, they got drunk, and they kissed. And she's not telling Sid. Allegedly. Ellen's like, you have to tell Sid. I can't keep a secret. And (laughs) Hannah's like, (laughs) sorry, I just forgot the end of the scene until I read the note which is like so this is all happening in the bathroom and Ellen confronts her as she comes out of like the stall like she just peed but she hasn't washed her hands yet and then she's about to like after the confrontation she's about to just leave and Ellen's like wash your hands (laughs) you're a doctor (laughs) 
And I just thought that that was like, had no right to be as funny as it was. I mean, I will say that wasn't the hardest that you laughed in this specific episode. It was not. It was not. It was not. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's kind of huddled around. It's story time. Jesse's still thinking about Parker. He really is going to go this time. But then he opens the door and there is just like a baby stroller that just is just like flying down the sidewalk. Is there a baby in it? Who's to say? Jesse's like, nope, nope. I'm going to go with a bitmoji, which again, I don't know, man. The writers are not <laughs> in touch with, um, you know, like how millennials interact with each other. Mm-hmm. I would f- I feel like. These both the whole like Ellen Eli and this just like kind of really illuminates to me that this is a writer's room that probably skews older, Mm -hmm. which we felt, I think, from the beginning in terms of like just always feeling like the writing is giving like this is how we think millennials behave. Yeah. And not how like we actually do. And to me, it's the equivalent of like. I, you know, write YA, I write books for, you know, a generation that is not my own and like trying to kind of keep up with how they communicate with each other. And uh, to me, that would be like me inserting a bunch of emojis in a text that like a teenager sent knowing that like the kids don't really use emojis anymore Mm. or the emojis that I would use are now cringe to the kids. I don't know. You got to stay on the pulse is all I'm saying. Bet. Have you ever sent a bitmoji? (laughs) No. Yeah. <laughs> Have I ever sent a bitmoji? <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say here. You got to stay on the pulse. In the meantime, now Ellen is like, has this information and doesn't know what to do with it. Doesn't want to kind of be the one to tell Sid this information, but is going to try to suss out if this is information that Sid would want to know. Uh, using a fabricated story about the people who own the laundromat across the street, who apparently Sid knows very well. I mean, yeah, neighbor, neighborly businesses. People go get their laundry, come get a drink, go get their laundry. Yeah, like they know Sid so well that they put a photo of him on the wall with Ashley Olsen and Bloomberg. Wow. <laughs> wow. On the plus side, I got to see Woody Harrelson's penis from the inside. Where's Mary Kate? That's what I was just going to say. And ultimately, from this conversation, Ellen gathers that Sid would want to know. This conversation, well, now you're skipping it. I think this is the conversation where you laugh the most. And it always surprises me how tickled you are. I said this at the time by like (laughs) jokes about incest. Hey, um, you know the laundromat across the street, uh, the one run by the husband and wife? Eduardo and Cynthia? Yeah, love them. They put a photo of me up on their wall, even though I'm not famous. It's me, Ashley Olsen, and Bloomberg. <laughs> it's a pretty weird wall. <laughs> That's so interesting. Anyway, I, uh, yesterday I was dropping off my power suits when I saw Cynthia making out with a guy who was not Eduardo. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yes. They just had their 30th anniversary, Ellen. I went to the party. <laughs> I did not realize you were so close to them. Um, okay. Uh, Who was she kissing? I, uh, the, the, the younger guy that works there. Alfonso? Yes. Ew! That's her nephew! No, not him! Okay, no. No, uh, the, 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 I think it was the starch guy. The starch guy. Hank? Yes. His boyfriend's gonna be heartbroken! 
I didn't even catch that the first time. I was still laughing at <laughs> Alfonso. <laughs> Listen, it's like honestly less about the joke itself, but I just thought the delivery was just <laughs> so good. Just him saying you. <laughs> Ew! <laughs> You're right. How could I have skipped over that? I don't know, honestly. With this information, Ellen goes back to Hannah and is like, Sid would want to know, you need to tell him tonight or I will. Sophie's still drinking. Do you want a vodka crayon? Do you want a vodka tonic? Or do you want a vodka to vodka? Drew's like, you know, boys get UTIs too. I'll go with a vodka crayon, which is just like. Um, I mean, that's probably why he had his adult breath. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know what? It's all coming together. <laughs> And that is weirdly the lead-in for Drew being like, you know what? I know I'm being weird. It's because I'm still into you and I want to get back together. I think there's something between us. Um, didn't we have a moment? They did not have a moment. Yeah, when Sophie complimented his beanie. And she's like, yeah, you misinterpreted that. And she was like, yeah, I do have a history of overreacting to compliments. Yeah, that's um, why he's a principal now. <laughs> that's why he's a principal, yeah. And from this conversation, Drew gathers that like, oh, it's still Jesse. It is weird. Oh, and then, sorry. He pulls out the song. It's weird that Drew keeps this on him at all times. In his wallet. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, I found this and I've been meaning to throw it away. Which you should have. But it's very good. Is it? Prove it. <laughs> Show us the words. <laughs> he gives it to her and she reads it. And we don't know what it says. We don't know what it. What did what did what did Jesse say? That is so good. We'll never know. That made Val want to put the song back in the box. That made Drew not want to throw the song away. <laughs> that made Sophie want to go for it in a hurricane. In a hurricane. <laughs> so the evening it continues. They are now playing games to distract themselves. I've never played a game like this before. I don't even know what to call it. Yeah, I don't know either. Drew is making baby bird sounds, and then someone who had to guess Jesse had no, to. No, Charlie, Charlie was, guessing. was guessing. And Charlie needs to get his ears checked. Like, <laughs> yeah, he thought the baby bird was coming from the opposite side of the room. Yes. Sophie pulls Jesse to talk about the song, and Jesse's like, "What? That's not about you." But the song is literally called "Love Song." I love you, Sophie. <laughs> So then they start to get into it, right? Like Jesse admits that he did have feel leftover feelings from, you know, the one night stand. Sophie calls him a coward. She should have been told that directly from him. Jesse sensed that she had leftover feelings too. So they just kind of start pointing the finger at each other, which like whose fault is this for both of their total lack of communication. Mm -hmm. And okay, I would say, I would say that we give Sophie... A lot of shit, generally speaking. But in this case, Sophie is not wrong here. And Jesse is totally trying to like rewrite what happened because Sophie's right. Sophie was like, you said something weird. I freaked out. I left and processed it. And when I came back, you were already back together with Meredith. Like Sophie is the one who got burned in this situation. I agree. But it's then weird for her to still have feelings for this guy. Uh -huh. <laughs> And then because, because I don't even know why, because they just take the argument out into a public forum and start kind of like yelling at each other about this dynamic. Like, 
Sophie being afraid of Jesse saying he loved her. Jesse moving on too quickly. Jesse's like, you know what? I'm gone. I'm going to go to I'm going to Parker, even if it kills me. And like Jesse just there's just no universe where Jesse is right for me in this moment. He like him trying to spin it as like you broke my heart. Therefore, I immediately started kissing my ex-girlfriend. I mean, I think there's no spin. I think back when he wasn't even ready for for Sophie, he was probably also afraid of being alone. Because <laughs> that whole season, he yes. was like having a thing for Meredith and like wanting to get back with her, you know, in some way. So I don't know. It, it's it's I feel like neither of them are really right for each other. They're they're both too needy. Yeah, they're they're. They're kind of toxic. <laughs> yes. So Jesse leaves. Sophie is sad, but she's just going to keep drinking about it. And like, how much has Sophie had to drink at this point? And is she okay? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Sid's opinion on the like Cynthia and Eduardo situation has gone a full 180 after witnessing this. He's like, yeah, no, I don't think I would want to know. So... Ellen tries to interject herself into that moment that's about to unfold between Hannah and Sid. Mm -hmm. Because Hannah's like, no, you're right. Sid needs to know. We don't see her tell him, though. We just see the aftermath. Correct. Because Hannah pulls Sid and we cut back to Val and Charlie and Val continuing to help Charlie through the storm and noting that he did not notice 25 claps of thunder. Well, did you think it was, it's interesting, right? Because we have two breakups in this final episode, but we only see one of them or like the aftermath of one of them, right? Like, I feel like if we're talking about then, uh, then Jesse went to break up with Parker and then Sid went to break up with Hannah. The fact that we really only see the Sid and Hannah part of it, I think is interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Like if you're telling like a rom-com story, and Jesse actually is like the end game. Wouldn't you want to show that? And then they get back together. It's Sid. That's it's the answer. It's Sid. Yeah. It's interesting. With the Charlie and Val of it all, Charlie, they have a moment where Charlie says, you know, even though we want different things, he has no regrets. He would still move across the world. He would still lose all of his money. Which I think was happening anyways, was yeah. it not? Yeah. <laughs> And Val's like, yeah, me too, but maybe we'd figure out a way to keep the money, which is real. Yeah. Real girl. So, yes. So now we are in the aftermath of Hannah has told Sid about the kiss, about Eli. She's over it, though. She got out of there as soon as she could. She even left her packing cubes. Um, And Sid is like, you left the packing cubes? Um, sus it is sus like this idea that she just shady needed Hannah. to yeah it really is all shady Hannah it's true it's like if this was just like a moment like it's clearly more than that is basically what Sid figures out and what Hannah is denying because she needed to just get out as soon as possible and get away from him as soon as possible what was Hannah running from well I mean that's why it's an alleged kiss yeah allegedly then Val talks to Sophie and it's time to give her some tough, even though Sophie asks for the fluff. Jesse is right. Sophie is being a coward. Sometimes you have to get off your ass and get your drink. 
Val kind of, I don't think, I don't know, Val is kind of going through it herself. And she's like, you have somebody who's into you and you both want the same thing and you're not together. And why? I'm upset. Because, I mean, because at this point, Jesse is in like a, I mean, it's weird, but it actually seems like kind of stable, if not moving a little bit too quickly. Yeah. Relationship. Jesse has not really thought this through. Now he's going to have to see Parker at work every day. <laughs> no, this is, yeah, you don't do that. Yeah. And that is just the motivation that Sophie needs to go for it, to go get Jesse. Then Drew pops out of the closet where he's been the whole time. That does become relevant information because now it's just Drew and Val mm-hmm. in the closet. Sophie runs outside, ready to put her heart on the line. Very inebriated at this point in time also. Like, is she even of sound mind to be making any decision at all? Mm -hmm. She was drinking straight vodka. Vodka, vodka. Vodka, vodka. And it's that classic, like, rom-com moment where she goes after him, but he's already there. He got all the way to Parker's and realized that he hasn't moved on. Sophie admits she was scared. They're both afraid that they're going to break each other's hearts, and they both promise not to. And Kim Cattrall's like, sometimes you just have to go for it. Cue rain kiss. Cue choking on a rain kiss <laughs> in the street of New York, in the New York streets in the middle of a hurricane. Uh, Sophie says, I love you. They both say, I love you. And Jesse says it back and they make out to Forever Young. <sighs> this could have been so good. And instead, it just, again, there was no buildup. I wanted an arc. You wanted an arc? You got a spike. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> So then they are like, okay, we can continue to make out inside. They go back in all happy and like lovey-dovey and everyone's picking up the vibe. And then, oh no, Sid is sad. What happened? And then in the closet, Val and Drew were just going. I know. How does Charlie feel about this? This is very strange. This is a very strange thing to do. Um, I get it's like Val's move generally because it's the same thing that she did with Charlie. I think in the same place. Yeah. Doing it in the closet. But to do it while Charlie, who you think is your endgame, is right outside is very strange. Yes. We end the season with the revelation, the news, that this moment, this very moment between Val and Drew had to happen. Otherwise, Charlie and Val would never have had Alex whips photo out of bra. A weird place to keep the photo. (laughs) Of Charlie, Val, and a child. Yeah. And that is the big season two reveal that we already spoiled at the beginning of our podcast. That is the note that we end season two on. Will we be back for more? Who's to say? Yeah, who's to say? No idea. No idea. The pieces are in place, I think, for... A fun season three. I, I said that with skepticism yeah, in my voice. I think the pieces are in place for assuming a 20 episode season, maybe like eight episodes of plot and 12 episodes of filler. <laughs> we got to assume that Jesse and Sophie don't even make it to the midseason finale, right? Um, I would say no. <laughs> Do we think that um, Taylor will be back? They're together the too picture? soon. You know, it's like it has to happen end of season three. That's the sitcom. That's the sitcom, you know. Formula. Formula, yeah. Yeah. Do we think that Taylor will be back? Yes. I think Taylor is the pre-Sophie for Sid. Mm -hmm. He needs to get back out there. He'll reach out. Yeah. Will Ian be back? (laughs) 
Probably. <laughs> what will have exploded on him this time? Who's to say? Oh, that's a great question. Now that season two has come to a close, I think we got to award both our typical MVPs for the episode, but I think we also have to give like a season MVP. Mm. And I would say we could do one MVP for the two-part finale. Oh, you only want to do one MVP? You don't want to do two MVPs? It's two episodes, the penultimate episode and then the finale. Do you want to do two MVPs? I do. Okay. Yes. You have feelings. Go for it. Well, I think part one has to go to Parker, who won an arm wrestling competition, and it turns out is not as shady as everybody, well, everybody being Sophie and Sid thought that she was. She went and got them pizza. She really just wants everybody to like her. And it turns out she is in New York to be like a, a good daughter. So I think that Parker, who I honestly don't know if we will see again, <laughs> but I think she definitely deserves an MVP for that episode. But then I think for her efforts in the finale, I would probably give my MVP to Val for finally giving Sophie some tough love, which, you know, is literally all we've been asking because it's so annoying <laughs> watching her just make terrible decisions and never have like anybody criticize them or like, I don't know for, I, I realize it's all from her POV, but like for her never to get like the tough love that she finally gets here. It's like, ah, oh, thank you, Val. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it only took 30 episodes. Yes. Yeah, I think that those are solid picks. I also probably would give, you know, if we are splitting it up, I would give it to Parker in the first one because Parker deserved better for all the reasons that you stated. And oh, for the finale, I, I, I actually probably also would give it to Val, not just for the Sophie tough love, also for how um, she supported Charlie through the storm. Yeah, and we're just going to ignore the Drew thing. We are. <laughs> we are. Almost a demerit, but, you know, the choices are not great. Uh, yes. Okay, so, like, who, like, looking back over season two as a whole, who would be your season two oh, man. MVP? This is hard um, because season two started, like, so, so, so long ago. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I know. Man, I don't know. I think you should go first here. You may roll your eyes. Maybe you won't. I think I'm going to give it to um, my baby daddy prediction. Interesting. Okay. Sid. Sid is just trying so hard all season. Mm -hmm. He is a non-problematic king. I think that he is in a tough spot where he's trying to make everything work with Hannah. I think that there have been like really great moments between him and Sophie, just like growing in their friendship mm -hmm. that I have enjoyed. I just like, I don't know, my heart hurt for him at the end. I think that for everything I am critiquing the show of in terms of like the Jesse and Sophie arc, I do think that they are giving with Sid. Yeah. In like a much slowy burn, longer game situation. I think if I'm looking at season two as a whole, I think the MVP is probably Val. Val is the one who consistently kind of like pushes the plot forward in terms of, you know, she was the one who put this, who did put the song back in the box and then brought the song back out. Like she's clearly the person who's trying to push that along. I think when you think of like the memorable 
kind of like overarching storylines of the episode of the season. Um, it's Val and Swish, <laughs> and like all the things that happen with Val's parents. We say, you know, a lot of the time that we don't really know Val, but for as little as we know about Val, she is very, very involved. It's true. Overall. I think that that points to kind of what I was saying about Parker in the last episode is that um, we're seeing more glimmers of it now, but like this overarching feeling that like Val is an extension of Sophie and like therefore a plot device to move Sophie's story forward and less of like a fully fleshed out character. Or I has mean, but the somebody's got to do be- it, I guess. Like, I'm appreciative that she's at least doing it. I don't <laughs> think that Sophie would push the plot along on her own. Okay. But, like, why not both? Why not both? Oh, why not? You mean why can't she be a developed character? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, good point. <laughs> cool. Well, we did it. Oh, and I also didn't mention she introduced her uh, psychic to the group. That's true. So- <laughs> Pivotal moment. Pivotal moment. Yeah. I think that's a wrap on How I Met Your Father season two. That is the end of our coverage for now. There is no more to watch for now and like indefinitely because we don't know mm-hmm. what is going on. If there in fact is a renewal in the future and a season three to look forward to, then I can think it's fair to say that we will be back to talk about it. I don't really know how to end things when it's a true firm ending, but I'm going to do my best. And I mean, just, we have other stuff. We do have other stuff. All of our stuff is accessible and we are accessible via our socials at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter. Um, you can email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Maybe now we had teased this before and then this came back. Maybe we will. Well, we're going to take a break, but then maybe we will take the plunge into more nostalgia oh really okay news to me <laughs> we set it up true but yeah all of our episodes are either at our website www.paginatedmedia.com or in any platform where podcasts are available in the next couple months uh over on crowning around we should be releasing a couple of our movie uh <laughs> of our movie watches as we get ready for the final season of the crown season six starting with the uh, <laughs> the Emily Blunt film, Young Victoria, which was an interesting movie to say the least. So uh, we have that to look forward to. I guess we'll be back with the preview with Jermaine next month. Mm-hmm.